Hebrews, the fourth chapter. While you're turning there, if you need a Bible, if you didn't bring one with you, our ushers have some that we'd like to loan you for this service. I know the uh, scriptures will be on the screen, but it's good. There's just something about having a Bible in your hand and opening it that's just a blessing in that, I believe. And so if uh, you didn't bring a Bible with you, raise your hand real high and our ushers will get you one and you can use that. We just uh, ask that when you leave today, you leave it on your seat so that we can use it again next time. Uh, But as you're turning to Hebrews, the fourth chapter, how many of you know one word from God can change your life forever? One word from God can can keep you from going the wrong way to going the right way. Is that right? I remember years ago, uh, I went into a service, Pastor Diane and I went into a service and there was a minister there that I'd never heard before. I just, I knew he was a good minister. I I never saw him before that day and haven't seen him since. But he was a good minister. I I knew that much about uh, about him. And it was actually a minister's conference that I was at. But it was open to the the public as well. And and this man got in the pulpit. And before he began to preach, he said, you know, it's just the, 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 the funniest thing. He said, the funniest thing, he said, the Lord has put a word on my heart, one word. He says, it's strange. He says, I've never, God's never given me anything like this before. But he said, I'm going to just obey God. Even if some people think it's silly, I'll obey God. Just give that word and then we'll just go right on with the teaching. And he said, he said, the word is this, it's sawdust. Sawdust. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, now, you have to understand, now, now this one lady, and actually the guy said, does that mean anything to anybody? And the one lady jumps up and says, oh, well, you know, I have, have a barn and I have some horses and I was thinking about putting some sawdust in there for them. And I, but you see, I didn't jump up and say anything. I probably should have. But you need to realize that was in a day when I was, Pastor Diane and I were trying to make a decision as we were seeking the Lord as to whether or not we were supposed to, because this was back in 1998 and we had started the church in 94, this church, and we were trying to, to, to find out from the Lord, are we supposed to buy a church that already existed? There was one down in Fenton behind what's the old, where the old city hall used to be. Now there's a fire station. There's a church back behind there that was for sale. And we were trying to ascertain from the Lord, are we supposed to buy that already existing church? Or are we supposed to build one from scratch? Well, think about that. Well, think about that. You all are smart people. Sawdust. Huh? Sawdust. Realize, say sawdust. Sawdust. (laughs) Well, what could you ascertain? Do you think you ought to, if that's from the Lord, do you think he's confirming there? Now, the Lord doesn't lead you that. He leads you through that inward witness, but he'll confirm things oft times. Right? Now, from that, sawdust, do you think you ought to buy the one that's already existing, or do you think you ought to, uh, uh, build from scratch. See, the Lord got that through to us. And then thus we built this building and this is a whole lot better deal than that other deal would have been. Did you hear me? 
sawdust. So that was just the, the thing I needed to take me over because I was already leaning to, towards this. But sometimes God will just give you a word that will help you just to go the right way. Now that may not mean anything to you, but it meant something to me. Amen. And uh, so the word the Lord gave me, to just one word he gave me for this service. And, and seldom does he just give me one word, but open. Real loud, say open. open. Say it again, open. Open or opened, you know, for this service. So we're going to talk about the word open. Because I believe that some folks here today, there's some things from the word of God that we need to bring out that'll help you and minister to you. Open, the word open. Uh, as I began to, to, to study concerning this word, open, the Lord opened up a whole bunch of things for me. Amen. Go to Hebrews 4 and 13. So we'll just... Share some things along these lines of the word open. Amen. Hebrews 4.13 And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and what? Open. Open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, I seldom would mention something like this, but it's been something that's been going on in the land for the last three years. And it just came to, to a, a closing point this last week. Some of you probably don't even have a clue that it was going on. Others of you probably followed it. But it was that Casey Anthony case. How many ever heard of that? And they pronounced her not guilty. She's going to walk free. Next Sunday, she goes completely free. And when I heard that, knowing the circumstances, I just stood there and I just could not believe. But you know what? I'm not going to get into all the details of that. But you know what? The Bible says there is no creature hidden from God's sight. But all things are naked and open to his eyes. To him, we must give an account. So I don't know what that girl did. I don't know what she didn't do. But I know this, that one day she's going to have to answer to the Lord. And one day all of us are going to have to answer to the Lord because, you know, there's nothing that you or I do that is hidden from God. You know, we may think we're getting away with certain things, but but we're not. God's watching and he's keeping account, you see. Thank God we can repent and ask for forgiveness. And he'll forgive us. But remember, all things are open before him. Now then, in 1 Peter 3.12, you can turn there. 1 Peter 3.12. Maybe some people need to hear this concerning the word open. Notice this. 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Now, you're righteous if you, you are a righteous person if you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what makes you righteous. So if you're a Christian, you're saved, you're born again, however you want to say it. Notice this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are what? They're what? They're open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So maybe you're here today and you think, well, God just isn't listening to me. Well, there's a good scripture for you. His ears are open to your prayers. Prayers. Amen? Amen. 
And then there's something else. If you notice in Luke, the 24th chapter in the 13th verse, Luke, the 24th chapter and the 13th verse. And maybe this is one of the greatest things that we can understand about the word open or opened, you know. Look here. Luke 24 Verse 13, this was after Jesus had been raised from the dead and he ran into or he approached some some disciples after he had been after Jesus had been raised from the dead. Notice this. Now, behold, two of them were traveling. This is Luke 24, 13, that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked to uh, they talked together of all these things which had happened. That was the crucifixion, you know, where Jesus had been beaten and, and, and hung on the cross, you know. Verse 15, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But the, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now they could see him with their physical eyes, but their spiritual understanding was restrained that they did not know him. Is it possible to be walking down the road with Jesus and you don't even know it's him? And then some things happened between them and the Lord and they talked about some things and so on. Skip down to verse 28 for the sake of time. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were what? Their eyes were what? They're opened. Now that's not talking about their physical eyes. That's talking about their, we could say their spiritual eyes. Their spiritual understanding was opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Now that would freak me out. How about you? But the point is, is that they were right there with Jesus and didn't even know it was him. And then something happened and their eyes were opened and they knew him. And then in verse 32, and they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while we while he talked with us on the road? And while he what? While he what? He opened the what? The scriptures to you. Are to us. You see, this is perhaps one of the greatest things as it pertains to this word open is that our spiritual understanding be opened. If you think about it, a sinner, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, the Bible is clear. The Bible says that the devil has blinded their mind. And so their spiritual understanding, their minds have been blinded. So for them to come to the Lord Jesus, their, their, their spiritual understanding must be what? Must be opened. Is that right? So that they can see that Jesus is the Lord. That's the greatest thing that can happen to a, a, a sinner is that their spiritual understanding be enlightened or opened. 
That's why the best thing you can do before you share Jesus with a sinner is bind up that spiritual blindness. Because until that's dealt with, you can, you can share Jesus with someone till you're blue in the face, till the cows come home, and they're going to just stand there and look at you. You have to deal with that spiritual blindness. The Bible's clear. It says, the Bible says the God of this world that the devil's talking about has blinded the minds of those that believe not. So their, their minds, their spiritual understanding, their spiritual eyes must be what? Must be opened. Amen. But then also too, if you think about it concerning a believer, somebody that's already born again, somebody that's already a Christian, One of the greatest things that can happen to them is that their spiritual understanding be opened. And what I mean by that is this. I have seen a a, a lot of people over the years, they've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're saved, but they don't, concerning the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they think that has passed away. And you can stand there till the cows come home and preach till you're blue in the face and show them all the scriptures that that show that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is still for us today. But until their spiritual understanding is open toward that, they're not going to be able to see it. Did you hear me? That's why, and and I just want to show this to you. Look at Ephesians, the first chapter. Look at this, verse 15. This is talking about people that are already saved. Look at this. Ephesians 1.15, the Apostle Paul is speaking and he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. do Now notice he said, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. Are these people already saved? Yes. But then he says, I I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So we don't need to pray. He didn't need to pray for these people to get saved anymore. They're already saved. But what does he pray? Look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened or we could say what opened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints you see and i'll I'll sum it up by saying if if you're if if you're dealing with a sinner you need to deal with that spiritual blindness that's blinding them from seeing who Jesus is that, and that their eyes be open to who he is, that they get saved. If you're dealing with people that are already saved, it's important that you pray for them. Thank God they're already saved, but pray for them that the eyes of their understanding would be opened, that they could see whatever else it is from the word of God that they need to see. Did you hear me? Now, you know, as it pertains to healing, there's a lot of people, they believe on Jesus, they believe in salvation, they believe on him and they're saved, but they think healing is passed away. They think healing isn't for us anymore today. So what do you need to, and I believe it is for us today. 
I, you know, I, you've come too late to talk me out of that. We've prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people over the years and have gotten them healed of all kinds of things. Cancer, fibromyalgia, and every kind of thing, you see. But there are some that they just, they think healing's passed away. So you see, for them, we need to pray that the eyes of their understanding would be what? Opened, that they'd be able to see that it's the will of God for them to be well. And you could apply that to prosperity or whatever other Bible subject you see. Can you say amen? So notice here again, look at Luke the 24th chapter in the 44th verse. I just want to share this verse with you because you see this throughout you see this throughout much of the New Testament where the Lord opens somebody's heart or he opened their eyes. And even you see it really over in the Old Testament. Remember when Elisha was uh, surrounded by the, the enemy and, and the young servant came and said, what are we going to do? And, and El- 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 Elisha said to the Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And he, and he was able to look and he saw all around there were chariots of fire. And Elisha said, hey, there's a whole lot more on our side than that's on the enemy's side. You see, But his eyes were opened. This is a great thing. This is something we need to understand. Look at Luke 24, 44. This was now to the 11 disciples who were gathered together after Jesus was raised from the dead. Just a moment ago, we talked about those disciples on the road to Emmaus. But now, Luke 24, 44. Then Jesus said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you with, while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Look at verse 45. And he, what did he do? He... He opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures or comprehend the scriptures. So that's something that, that, that we ought to be praying for one another. That's something that I'd ask you to pray for me, that the, the Lord would open my spiritual understanding, that I'd be able to have greater insight into the word of God. Something that we ought to be praying for one another, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Something else that, that, that I would want to encourage you in is in Matthew the seventh chapter and the seventh verse. Matthew the seventh chapter and the seventh verse. Something else that I've learned about this word opened. If you want the Lord to open something to you, you need to go after the Lord with all your heart. On that issue. Look at Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks. Actually if you in, in the original text it reads like this. For everyone who asks and keeps on asking receives. And he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks and keeps on knocking, it will be what? Opened. There's been some things in my life over the years where I've wanted some answers from the Lord. And, you know, I just went to him one time and asked him and I didn't get the answer. And then I get frustrated with the Lord because he didn't give me the answer right away. Well, I went and knocked, but I didn't keep on knocking but i've learned as i've gotten older and walk with the lord for more years that if you want the lord to respond to you you not you don't just knock once but you what you keep on 
knocking and you stay after it, you seek him like that deer that's panning for the, the rivers of living water. You understand what I'm saying? That's, and you just go after the Lord and you go after him. And did you know God wants to get the answer through to you? But you just have to go after him concerning it. And he'll give you the answers. Amen. I said you have to go after him. Just like a deer, doesn't the Bible say in the book of Psalms that the deer that's panning for the brooks of water, is that right? I mean, I mean, if you're thirsty and you're really thirsty, you're going to go after water and you're not going to stop and tell you what, till you get it. Is that right? Well, if you're, if you're hungry for God, you know, uh, uh, and thirsty for God, you go after him and, uh, and you just keep going after him until he, till he, till he feels you. Amen. That's what he wants us to do. Now, we could talk about our spiritual understanding, be enlightened, we could go on with that, but, but let's go on to this other thing. Look at 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and the 11th verse, because this is something I think the Lord wants to get across to some of us. I know it's something that He has dealt with me just in the last couple of years. Uh, Concerning opening my heart. To other people. Notice here in 2 Corinthians 6. The Apostle Paul writing. And he says. Oh Corinthians. These are the group there at Corinth. We have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. So he opened his heart to these people. And then verse 12, he said, you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be what? Be open. He's asking these people, he's not making them, but he's asking them to open his heart to them. Look at 2 Corinthians 7 two. Look at 2 Corinthians 7 two, because he's still speaking to these people. And evidently not everyone had opened their heart to him. So in his second letter, later at a later time in 2 Corinthians 7, 2, he says, open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. Open your hearts. You know, one of the things that can really hinder you in your life is if you... Go around with a closed mind, a closed heart. Did you hear me? A closed mind and a closed heart. You're just closed up to people. Um, I'll just give you an example. And I think this example probably says best what I want to say to you. Is there's a certain pastor who uh, has since become a real good friend of mine. But for years, I watched this, this fella. And you know what? I didn't, back years ago, I didn't necessarily agree with him on everything as it pertained to the Word of God. Now, the thing you need to realize, he had a hold of the Jesus of the Bible. That's good. But I didn't necessarily agree with him on everything else. I didn't, uh, uh, because I'd go to his golf tournament 
every year and I'd play in his golf tournament that he had for missions and his golf tournament raises between ten and twenty thousand dollars a year for missions. That's a good thing. And and I'd go to the golf tournament and when he would pray, he wouldn't always pray just like I would pray. And so I thought, well, you know, if I was praying, I'd pray differently than that. <laughs> and then as I would just listen to him tell different people, because I was, how many has ever, I wasn't eavesdropping, but sometimes when people are talking, you can't he, help but hear. Is that right? And he would share with somebody, you know, what he was doing in his church. And, and, I, and I remember thinking to myself, well, I wouldn't do it that way. And, and, and his confession wasn't, and if he was here, I'd say, say the same thing, and him and I just roll on the floor laughing. His confession wasn't always just the way my confession would be. And, and, and maybe he didn't believe, uh, you know, like maybe in healing just the way I believed in healing. And, and so he would invite me to different things, and is it okay if I tell on myself? And, and my heart, see, I kind of kept my heart closed to him. I mean, I was polite to him and nice to him and kind. Now, don't sit out there and look at me like that. You know you've all done this to some degree or other at some time. But I'm just admitting it here this morning. And, and so I kind of kept my heart closed. And, and, and he would invite me to do this or that. And I was always polite, but I never really could find the t- time. I could have found the time. But, uh, you know, a closed heart can really be dangerous and keep you from blessing. And, 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 and I kind of just, I didn't really avoid him, but I kind of avoided Huh? And the Lord began to deal with my heart. And, and he said, you know, you need to open your heart to this man. And I did. And he invited me to go on a mission trip. And I went on my first mission trip. And I got to minister and and he and I, you know, he got to tell me what was going on in his church. And God's doing some phenomenal things in his church. And some things that God wanted to get across to me to make this church better. And just just to, to expand my 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 vision and, and what God wants to do in my life. And, and, and God, see, God had all that for me. But as long as I kept my heart closed to that person, I wasn't going to be able to get in on what God had for me. Did you hear me? And, and, and actually we went on that mission trip and we got to talking about some of this stuff and, and he and I spent three days laughing our heads off. We had so much fun and he imparted so many good things to me. And you know what? I I say this humbly, but there was a few things that God had put in me that I got to impart back to him. But as long as we have this attitude, well, you know what? If these people aren't in our circle and not in our camp, then we're just going to kind of ostracize them. That's not what God wants. You know, I tell you what, I was raised in the Baptist church. I love the Baptist. I'm still a Baptist at heart. There's a lot of good things the Baptists have. Amen. Huh? 
And we could go on and mention, you know, mention, you know, the Lutherans or the Methodists, or we could go on and on and on. The Bible says until we all come into the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God. It didn't say until we all come into the unity of our doctrines or the way we see the Bible. It has to do with fellowshipping around who Jesus is. Did you hear me? And then, and then how we, the water baptism formula we use or how often we receive communion or this, that or the other are just side issues. It's we get a hold of Jesus and then let's keep our hearts open to people. You know, uh, uh, if you'd asked me back years ago, I never would have thought that God had some things that he wanted to get into me through this, this particular pastor. It's Terry House, Pastor's Victory Church in Peavely. Wonderful man of God. Amen. And he's blessed me. He's, he's, he's just imparted such good things to me. But you see, as long as my heart stays closed, I don't get in on that. Did you hear me? And, and I'll tell you something else that you need to hear. You might say, well, Lord, I'm not going to open my heart to this person. Uh, you get your blessings to me through this other person. God's not going to necessarily do it that way. Until you open your heart to who God wants you to open your heart to, you're not going to get in on the blessing. It's not going to be done your way. It's going to be done God's way. Do you hear me? And I'm telling you, he's got people. I said, God. Now, if, now, if God hasn't sent the person, you don't want. I mean, if he doesn't want you to open your heart to, to some, something, then you shouldn't open your heart. But if God, I mean, like if somebody comes along with false doctrine, God doesn't want you to open your heart to that. But I'm talking about things that God wants to impart to you. Very oftentimes, He'll put the most unlikely people in your life that you would think there's no way that God could ever want to get something across to me through that person. Because after all, I know so much more than them. Are there, are this, are there, you know, don't question God. God can get things through to you through a six-year-old kid. So let's keep an open heart towards what God has for us. I've already seen it where a pastor had, had said, you know what, I've closed kind of my heart off to certain people in the community. And, and so he's gotten in front of his congregation and he says to the congregation, you know, we need to open our hearts up and we need to be more loving and we need to be, you know, more in flow with what the Spirit of God is doing. And I've already seen where congregations, half of them would say, no, we're not opening our heart. We just want our church to be about us. And, 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 and if, you know, and that's just the way it is. And they'll leave when the pastor stays open to what God wants. I'd rather stay open to what God wants. Let those, let those old stuffed shirts go. Amen? And, and, and I'll say something because God's been mellowing me out. See, I used to say, let those old stuffed shirts go. Okay, Lord, he's working on me. All right, let them go, but let's pray for them. Amen? That the eyes of their... Understanding would be open. Amen? Are you okay? And then a few more of these. Are you getting anything out of this? Then look at, let's look at 2 Corinthians 2.12. Just a couple of more. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 2.12. Furthermore, 
Paul speaking, the Apostle Paul. God used him to write nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 2.12, Furthermore, when I came to trust to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was what? Open to me by who? The by the Lord. So a door was opened to him by the Lord. Now let me just say this to you, and don't ever forget this. God does not lead you through open doors or closed doors. He leads you by his spirit. Now God will open doors, but God will also close doors. Did you hear me? You can see it in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul, there was a time he wanted to go into a certain region and, and, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him go. Looks like God closed the door. And at a later time, then God let him go there. God opened a door later. But I've already seen Christians say, well, you know, uh, well, if the door opens, then it must mean God wants me. Or if the door closes, it must mean. No, no, no. No, God doesn't lead through open doors or closed doors. He leads us by his spirit. Because the devil can open a door. And if the devil opens a door, you don't want to go through it, do you? How many of you know the devil can, can, uh, 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 or God can close a door. And if God's closed it, you don't want to go through there anyway, do you? The point is, I've seen Christians and I, I used to do this myself. Well, if the door opens, then it must mean God. No, no, no. God leads by his spirit and God leads by his spirit. And if God opens a door, no man can shut it. And if God opens it for you, then he's going to be leading you to what? To go through it. Right now, let's just say the devil closes a door that God wants you to go through. How many of you know the devil will hinder you in your walk with God? The Apostle Paul was called to spread the gospel and the devil hindered him quite a lot. And the devil can close a door. If the devil closes a door, God may want you to go through that thing. Well, you use your faith and you blow that door open and you go through it. Amen. So don't be led by doors. Be led by the spirit of God. Be led by that peace versus no peace. You understand that? And when God opens a door, you'll have the peace to walk through the thing, you see. But you know, must know this, that God will open doors. And notice what the Apostle Paul said here. A door was opened to me by who? By who? Who opened it? By who? By the Lord. So will the Lord open doors for you? Yes, he will. You need to learn this too about the Lord. When the Lord opens a door, see, God always has souls on his mind. So when he opens a door, he's opened an opportunity for you to walk through. Yeah, you'll be blessed, but that's secondary. Is he's given you an opportunity to win the lost. Did you get what I just said? Now, notice in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, we're just talking about the word open here today. The Apostle Paul says, 1 Corinthians 69. For a great and effective door has what? Has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. 
That's why it's so important that you're led by the Spirit and not by doors. Because if a door opens and you see adversaries and you're not being led by the Spirit, you're just being led by your own natural thinking and there's many adversaries, you might conclude that the devil's in that. But no, God's in it. He opened a great and effective door. But remember this, when God opens a door, there may be many adversaries. But the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the the Lord delivers him out of them what? Them all. So even if there's adversaries, we go through that door, there's adversaries, but the Lord gives us his ability and strength to overcome any adversary that the devil puts in our way to try to hinder us. Amen? And it's interesting as you study, and and I'm just going to move on here, but I want to say this. An open door is always given for an open mouth. Well, okay, you want scripture. All right, Colossians 4.3. Let's look at that. See, when God gives an open door, he's going to give it to somebody that will open their mouth and proclaim Jesus. Yeah, but God, I want you to open a door so that I can get an, get an advancement and, 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 and get a raise and get, get advanced. Well, God's interested in that too. But when God opens a door, he, he's looking for open what? For an open mouth. An open door for an open mouth. God's not going to open a door for you to walk through and you walk through it and and not testify about the goodness of the Lord. Did you hear me? Well, I want you to open a door for me, Lord. Well, be sure it's one that God wants open, but but, but be sure of this, that you make a commitment to him that when that door opens, that, that you're going to have an open mouth, an open door for an open mouth, and you walk through that door and you begin to share Jesus with people. Do you hear me? Look at Colossians 4, 3, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word, a door for the word to what? To speak the mystery of Christ. See, an open door for an open mouth. In Ephesians 6, he says, Paul says, pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So open doors, say open doors for open mouths. Amen. And then, and then, I'm all, I'm almost done, but give me a few more minutes, okay. Acts 12.10, let's talk about, about gates and doors of bondage. Has anybody ever been bound up by anything in here? Well, God can open the prison cell. Amen? No matter what you're bound by, God has the power and He's willing to open that door that's to that prison that you've been bound by. Look at Acts 12.10. Look at Acts 12.10. Remember, Peter had been preaching in the name of the Lord and they put him in prison and, and were, were more than likely going to execute him. Acts 12.10. And he's asleep. He, you know, if you read all of the context, you could see Peter's sleeping. And an angel comes in there and hits him in the side, wakes him up. If you read up before that, you need to realize that the church was doing something for Peter while he was in prison. What do you think the church was doing? They were offering constant prayer. You know there's power in prayer. Prayer makes power available. And so Peter's in prison, the church is praying, and the angel shows up. The angel pops Peter in the side and he wakes up, and the angel begins to lead him out, you know, because Peter was in prison. 
And notice in verse 10, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened, which what? Which opened to them of its what? Of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. But notice he was in prison. The church was praying for him. And and the angel shows up and gets him freed from prison. And they come to the iron gate that leads to the city. And it opened to them of its own accord. And Peter was free. Can you say amen? amen? See, God can cause gates to open for you. Amen. Did you hear me? I said God can cause gates to open. And and notice notice what it said there, the iron gate that leads to the city. The iron gate that leads to the city. I said the iron gate that leads to the city. The iron gate that leads to the city. Now I'm going to do something here, but at the direction of the spirit of God as I was praying for these two now, I don't know if you're up on it right now or if you're if it just lays on out in front of you. But some things you said a while ago, it just this was in my heart real strong yesterday afternoon to tell you this by the spirit of God. The two of you. But it seems like there's been the place that God you're either up on it now or you're or you're going to come up on it. A place that God wants you to get into and minister. And it seems like there's an iron gate, spiritually speaking, iron gate to that area, to that city, to that place. And uh, God is going to cause that iron gate to open of its own accord. Amen. And uh, there'll be, then you go on in and you minister in that place and do a quick work. That's what you were saying a while ago. You'll have just a season of time to do a quick work, to get the work that God has for the two of you to do in that place. Do that quick work. And then just like that... Iron, just like that door opened, just as quickly as it opened of its own accord, it, 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 it'll shut back. So be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Get out before it shuts back, but, but you'll have done the work that God wants you to do in that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That's what the Spirit of God, and I'd have missed God if I hadn't shared that with Him, see, Him and her. So they can do with that whatever they want. Is it all right if we're still flow with the Holy Ghost in our services? Amen. Say the iron gate opened of its own accord. And then in Acts 16 verse 25, Acts 16 verse 25, you know, Paul and Silas were in prison. They were put in prison because of doing the work of God. And notice here in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. How many of you know people are watching us? Even when you don't think they are. In verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were what? Were opened and everyone's chains were what? Were loosed. So maybe you're here today and you're bound by something. Maybe you feel like you're in the midnight hour. That you've been bound so long by this thing that you just don't know if you can go one more day. Well, learn a lesson from Paul and Silas. They were at the midnight hour and they weren't griping, they weren't grumbling, they weren't complaining, but they were praying and singing hymns to God. Amen? Amen. 
I said they were praying and singing hymns to God. And immediately there was an earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken. Immediately all the doors were what? They were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Praise God. Amen. So God can open those doors and loose those chains. Amen. And then we'll close in Revelation 4 and 1. This is a door that lays out in front of all of us who are saved, who are born again. Notice it has to do with the rapture of the church. You say, what is the rapture of the church? That's when the Lord comes back and catches the believers up to heaven. And notice in Revelation 4.1, it's positioned right at the end of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, right after the church age has culminated or come to a close. Notice in Revelation 4.1, after these things, after the church age, I looked, John looked, and behold, a door standing what? Standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying what? Come up here and I'll show you things which must take place after this. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that open door. Amen. Amen. How many is looking forward to that open door? And, and, and you could read other scripture that says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. See, that door, that, that door is going to open up and the Lord's going to descend through it from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. The Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment and twinkling of an eye and we'll be what? Caught up to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm looking forward to that. How about you? How many of you would like to cheat the undertaker? How many of you would? I never have liked the thought of me laying in that coffin. Amen? Wouldn't you like to cheat the undertaker and go in the rapture? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But you see, that door is waiting for every Christian and it's on out in front of us. No man knows the day or the hour, but we're living in that season and that door is going to open in heaven and the Lord is going to descend and he's going to catch us up to heaven. I know that's far-fetched, but the Bible says it and I believe it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say an open door. An open door. I'm looking forward to being caught up going through that. How about you? Amen. Amen. Then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation period. And then at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, then that door will open again. And the Lord's going to come back riding on a white horse. And we're going to come with Him. Amen. I'd go get you some riding lessons. Amen. You can see that in Revelation 19th chapter. And he's going to come back and fight the battle of Armageddon. And destroy the enemy. You understand that? He's going to set up his throne in Jerusalem and rule and reign for a thousand years. And then at the end of that thousand years, there's going to be the ultimate judgment. It's known as the great white throne judgment. And the Bible says, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were, what do you think the books were? They were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My, my, my. Well, there is a heaven above, there's a hell beneath. We need to be sure we're all in that book of life. How do we get in that book of life? You can do it that quick. I mean, that fast. How do you do it? You just, with a, with a, with a heart that is 
on the inside, say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I, I, I can't save myself. I'm sorry. I turn from my old life. Jesus, come into my heart. Bang! That quick. That quick, your name's in the book of life. Isn't that wonderful? Stand with me if you would.